Welcome to Empire. I'm your host, Gabby Boudreau, co-founder of Divine Element CBD. Thanks for joining us. I'm so excited for our guest today, and I think you all will be too. She is a prominent female leader in the cannabis industry. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a board-certified adult geriatric nurse practitioner who specializes in cannabis therapy. For over 20 years, she has worked primarily with cancer, dementia, and chronic pain patients. In the last six years, she has focused her efforts on cannabinoid therapies. She has worked with over 6,000 patients to help them effectively treat age-related and chronic illness with cannabis. She is a co-founder and the chief executive officer of Radical Health and Radical Health Clinician Network. She was one of the first healthcare professionals to bring a clinical dosing regimen to the cannabis space. She is full-time faculty at the Medical Cannabis Program at the Pacific College of Health and Science. She co-authored the book, Pain-Free with CBD, Everything You Need to Know to Safely and Effectively Use Cannabidiol. And in 2019, she was elected president of the American Cannabis Nurses Association and will serve through 2022. Ms. Eloise Thiessen, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome to Hempire. Thanks so much for having me, Gabby. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm thrilled for you to join us here today. My main goal, uh, one of my main goals with this show is to share research and to contribute to the normalization of cannabis as medicine for all. Uh, and I find the easiest way to do that is to have experts in the field such as yourself come on and share just a a bit of the wealth of the knowledge that you have um, from all your experience using cannabis as an effective form of medicine uh, for your patients. So I want to hear all that you have to share, but <laughs> why don't we just start with how you came into the cannabis space? Um, what's your story? Where did your cannabis uh, journey start and why? It was a personal journey, which I think a lot of us do come to cannabis because of our personal experiences, whether it's in ourself or someone that we, we care about, we can um, have our eyes open to the miraculous benefits of cannabis for treatment of chronic pain and other age-related or chronic illnesses. So I had a pretty severe car accident. Um, I was working as a nurse manager in a hospital and on the way home was rear-ended with the um, driver was texting. Um, I was at a stop and she was going about 55 miles an hour. So I suffered some pretty severe cervical damage as a result of that <clears throat> and ended up down that path of polypharmacy. I was on about eight different pharmaceuticals. I was 36 years old. I had two small children. I was the breadwinner. I had become completely disabled and just kept getting the same answer every time. Well, we can give you another medication. Here's another pill. And, you know, just felt like this can't be the rest of my life. And I had a dear friend who was, you know, getting involved in the cannabis space and starting to make cannabinoid medicines and introduced me to them again. I mean, I was very familiar with them as a teenager <laughs> and came back to it as an adult. And that's just kind of how my story began. I started using it. Uh, I was able to get off all of my medications and, and I kind of thought that was the end of my story. Um, but when I went back to school to become a nurse practitioner, I had patients asking me about it every day um, to the point where they were convinced I was promoting it. And I just said, no, you know, your patients are using it, particularly cancer patients are also looking for more natural ways to treat their symptoms. And that's when I decided to start my own practice and 
really bridge that gap between, you know, you're curious about cannabis and you can go purchase cannabis, but what about all the in-between? You know, what do you purchase? How much do you purchase? What's it going to feel like if you take it? Um, so that was, um, that was my mission and it's been, you know, definitely challenging. Um, but I feel like for the first time in my nursing career, I actually help people feel better. That's incredible. I love to hear that. And I totally agree with you. I think it's super personal how anyone comes into this space for me as well. My brother, uh, my younger brother had uh, osteosarcoma. So he dealt with cancer and we met so many people on, on his journey um, that were interested in cannabis. And uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's important for us to help people educate themselves so they can make an informed consent when it comes to their own health. Um, so I, I, I love, I love the fact that it's personal. I mean, for many people, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's hard. They, they came into the space because they were on a really difficult journey or they were dealing with a really uh, horrible disease or ailment. But I think that's why it makes it so uh, like inclusive and real because we're just having these real experiences and we're coming into the space and other people are sharing, you know, in the same real experiences. So it makes it super personal and it's, it's kind of a good thing. And um, so I, I think it makes people more passionate about it. And I can mm -hmm. see that when you, when you talk about your journey into cannabis. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what kind of results have you seen in practice with CBD since you are, you've treated over 6,000 patients using cannabis. What kind of, what's like one of the top few things that come up um, repeatedly when you're helping people with cannabis um, in terms of quality of life and, and other aspects of their health journey? Yeah, the, the three main conditions that people want help with are usually pain, anxiety, and sleep. And, you know, the average age of my patients about 76, and they're predominantly female and cannabis naive. So they're definitely curious about CBD because they're a little afraid of the THC euphoric effects. <clears throat> and sometimes it just makes sense to start them with CBD depending on, you know, their, their health history. Um, I definitely see that CBD can be helpful for sleep and anxiety and for pain. It's, you know, usually more of a THC CBD balance. Um, everybody's so individualized. And I think that is one of the beautiful things about cannabis medicine is we get to individualize and personalize it and really help someone, you know, develop a treatment plan that improves their quality of life and helps them feel like they're in control again of their symptoms. Absolutely. Yeah. I it's funny. I was just speaking with uh, our, our medical advisor for our brand, um, Cindy Abrams, nurse Cindy, we call her. And just last week we were talking about the importance of seeking medical consultation uh, when implementing CBD or cannabis uh, into your, into your medical protocol, especially for the elderly. Cause I think it seems like they're on more medications, but really just in general, if you're on medication, you, you know, it's important to, it's crucial to seek out medical advice or, you know, the help of your attending physician before incorporating any new supplement, but, and that includes CBD or cannabis. Um, you know, we previously thought that the endocannabinoid system was closed circuit and it did not affect anything else, but now we know, you know, that's not true at all. And it, it has effects on, you know, all other receptor systems and all, you know, all the physiological systems are interconnected. And so they make up like this whole being that we are. So you have to look at it in a holistic way um, because the endocannabinoid system has a downstream effect. So 
I, I touched with Cindy a little bit on this topic, but I would love for you to also uh, touch on it because I think it's just so important. Can you elaborate a little bit more on why it's so important to seek medical advice and or really do your research when starting to use cannabis or CBD? Yeah, I love that you asked that question. You know, I, it's, um, I, I think it's difficult sometimes for people to even know where to begin. And of course, a medical professional can help review your health history, review your medications, make sure that um, there are no contraindications for you starting a treatment plan like this. So they can really help with that safe and effective approach. They can also really help um, preparing you and guiding you on what to expect. You know, um, how much is this dose gonna, you know, how's it gonna make you feel? Um, you know, what benefits are you gonna have? Are there any risks? What are good products? I mean, you know, in the CBD market world, they, the last uh, stat I had was like 3000 brands are out there right now. Yeah. And it's very confusing um, for a consumer to even know where to begin. And so, you know, we want to um, really help people decrease potential adverse effects because they're a lot of them are still really nervous about trying it. You know, they have years of stigma and information to lead them to believe it's a drug of abuse. So when they come to it, they're still a bit hesitant um, you know, a little closed minded. Um, and so if you don't prepare them correctly and they have a, an experience that isn't a positive one, they're likely never going to try it again. Um, you know, and I think it can help them save time and money too, to work with a knowledgeable, you know, cannabis clinician because they can just get you on the right path sooner. Right. And like you said, there's over, you know, probably close to like you said, 3,000 or a few thousand CBD brands out there, and there is no regulation in the CBD industry. There's a lot of fraudulent products out there. There's a lot of CBD products that don't contain any CBD at all, or they contain uh, maybe more THC than it legally should be allowed to have. Uh, so it's it's definitely something that you need to do your due diligence on when you're looking to buy a CBD product and start it into your health regimen. Um, and hopefully, you know, getting access to more doctors and, and nurses who can help um, in this process will be, will be, um, you know, something that will be progressing soon. And because the normalization is happening, happening across the board. Um, so I, I want to learn more about the medical cannabis program that you're a part of, because one of the things I love about the show is that I get to really learn about a lot of uh, beneficial, innovative technologies and programs and organizations that I probably would not have heard of unless, um, you know, I was able to have someone from those sectors come on the show. And mm -hmm. so this is how I found out about the medical cannabis program at the Pacific College uh, for Health and Science, where you're a full-time faculty member. Um, so I, I probably wouldn't have heard of it unless you had come on the show. So I'm thrilled that I learned about it. It sounds like just what we need to open the gates um, to a world where uh, medical professionals are educated uh, about cannabis as a medicine and are able to consult their patients confidently, uh, which is a huge step in the right direction for the greater good of, you know, the health of our society, I believe. So mm -hmm. this program sounds great. Um, tell me a little bit more about it. How do you feel about the program? What may, uh, what might people expect who are interested in enrolling in it? Yeah, it's a very rigorous, scientific, rigorous program. We're pretty proud of that. And it takes about six months to complete it. And it has eight college credits associated with it. So nurses or other healthcare professionals can earn college credit. Um, they can expect to learn a lot, a lot, you know, a lot of my students that come in often some sort of have this, like their minds are blown, 
right? Because they're, they think they're going to come in and learn about cannabis and they don't understand the complexity of the endocannabinoid system. And when you're trying to talk about enzymes and receptors and ligands again, you know, sometimes their eyes roll back in their heads because they're like, oh, is this important? And it's like, yeah, you know, you touched on that a little bit earlier, Gabby, about, you know, we're really just starting to scratch the surface as a scientific community, the endocannabinoid system and, and what it can do. And so, and, you know, there's this evolution that the students go through that's just so fun to watch because, you know, we touch on, of course, the endocannabinoid system, we touch on pharmacology, we touch on the history, we touch on, you know, clinical applications and the research and, and how cannabis patients are portrayed in the media. And so much of that is um, new to them. You know, they, again, they, they're learning about maybe CBD or they have a loved one or their, their patients are asking them about it, but it's, the amount of information that they can receive is just, it's incredible. Um, and they come out of it at the end after completing our capstone project with, you know, something that they can take with them if they want to use that in their current practice or start a new practice. And, you know, it allows them to be you know, educators and coaches out there in the uh, medical community. That's wonderful. I love what you guys are doing. Is this program, uh, is it only for healthcare professionals or is it open to non-healthcare professionals? We have two tracks and um, we have a track that is for healthcare professionals who have at least pharmacology. So they have to have completed about 60 credits, college credits equivalent of like an associate's degree with some pharmacology. And then we have a track that does not require that pharmacology track. So it is geared more towards those who uh, may be interested in the health and sciences of cannabis, but aren't gonna be actually you know, treating patients or, or working directly with them, but maybe more of a consumer level. Um, and both programs are, are very rigorous. Um, and you, we had our largest cohort this spring, we had almost 100 students enrolled, which is so exciting to think about, you know, these students now that we have almost 100 more, you know, um, people out there in the community educating and, you know, demystifying cannabis and helping to reduce the stigma and, and just educate. Yeah, and that's so important. And just like normalization of cannabis as a medicine for people because there's so many people who um, may not have access to it or they, you know, there's a stigma sur surrounding it. Like you said, you know, that stoner stigma. And we just need to end that because there's so many people who benefit from cannabis, whether it's, you know, medicinally or recreationally. To me, I, I think recreational is medicinal. Um, you know, it's how it helps you relax at the end of the day. If that, if you enjoy, you know, using cannabis when you get home from work or, you know, you don't want to drink alcohol. It's a, it's a, to me, I believe it's a safer, it's definitely a more natural alternative of relax, a form of relaxation. So yeah, I, I love that you guys have this program and it's the first fully accredited cannabis program. Is that right? Okay. So, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's open to, uh, healthcare professionals, non-healthcare professionals. So if you guys are interested in that, and it is called the medical, uh, cannabis program at the Pacific college of health and science. Um, so check that out. If you guys are interested in learning more uh, about medical cannabis, as this is a, a really great program. Um, like you said, we're just scratching the surface of research. Um, and, just beginning to understand how the endocannabinoid system works in our bodies. Uh, our chief science officer, Dr. John Stryker, he's faculty at the University of Arizona. He just published a research paper. Um, mm -hmm. It is called Cannabis, uh, it is in the journal Scientific Reports. It's called Cannabis Sativa Terpenes are Cannabimimetic and Selectively Enhanced Cannabinoid Activity. Um, so this was 
we're all just stoked about this paper. Um, yeah. He found that uh, in his lab that certain terpenes um, were just as effective and in some instances more effective as morphine um, for pain relief. So considering the opioid epidemic, it's, right. I mean, this is, this is amazing. This is incredible mm -hmm. research that's coming out. And his uh, research, this paper specifically does conceptually support the quote unquote entourage effect, which is used left mm -hmm. and right in marketing and CBD and, um, you know, a, a little in cannabis, but mostly in CBD is where I see it. And it's, it's a hypothesis, you know, there's, there's not a lot of proof for it. And I, I just, I love that you guys are educating people on this. And I'm sure this program probably touches on that as well. But I just want to get your thoughts on the entourage effect, what kind of research um, stands out to you? And what have you seen in, in, in clinical practice um, when it comes to different kinds of CBD, like full spectrum versus broad and isolate? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great questions. And, and that is how we position it at Pacific College is that it, you know, it is still largely um, theoretical, because we haven't been able to demonstrate it in large clinical human trials, the entourage effect. Um, we certainly have anecdotal reports of what we see in clinic, and um, it's it's fascinating to me. I think one of the challenges I see, um, at least in practicing in California, is that we don't test for the terpenes. It's not knowledge. I mean, we can test for terpenes, but it's it's not readily available to the consumer or the clinician. So um, sometimes my patients might have a reaction, um, what appears to be like an allergic reaction to a cannabis product, and often I um, believe that terpenes may be involved in that. Um, I've certainly been able to decipher from some products, well, this product's higher in mercine and it really is helping with pain. And this product has a lot of limonene in it. And in some people it helps with depression, but other people it actually makes them anxious. So again, I, you know, I'd love to see more research in this area so we could really have um, a bigger picture of the terpenes and how they and, and you're always going to have those variables of human um, factor, right? Your metabolism, your gender, um, your diet, your level of activity, all of those are going to factor into how people respond. Um, and, you know, I would love to see more research on like beta carophylline. We had some, um, some nurses who would use just beta carophylline terpene to help with anxiety before giving a talk, you know? Um, but again, it's, so many of us are sort of trying to establish best practices around dosing and frequency because we don't have that information there for us to draw upon. Um, what I've seen between an isolate, I always start with a full spectrum. That's just my preference. Um, and there's room for isolates and broad spectrums depending on the patient's needs, right? So if they're highly, highly sensitive to THC, a broad spectrum makes sense. Um, you know, if they have large allergies, maybe an isolate makes sense. So we can just, again, sort of deduct, you know, control our variables on, on what, you know, they're using. Um, and sometimes I've seen high doses of isolates work really, really well too. So it, it it's, not, you know, when you were talking a little bit earlier, you know, I kept thinking freedom of choice, you know, that's what I want for consumers and patients health, you know, healthcare consumers, I want us to have freedom of choice. You know, if we want to try cannabis and CBD, you know, it should be something that's easily accessible to everybody, you know, that healthcare inequality that we experience too, right? Right now, people can't even afford access to somebody like me um, and purchase the products and have to explore with some of these products gets really expensive. Um, so, you know, I'd love to see that open up so more people have that opportunity.
I agree fully with you. I, I feel like it's, you know, uh, it's hard for people to, um, I mean, in, in a lot of states, it's easy for people to get a medical card. In certain states, it, you, some qualifying conditions are a little, you know, outlandish, but I feel like it's, it's getting better. Um, and, you know, and I think we're at 12 states fully recreationally legalized now. And I think we'll see um, legalization on a national level in the next decade is what I'm hoping for. Um, I think we can get there, especially with the, the speed that the cannabis industry is, is moving. So, but I feel like right now, you know, you can get your medical card um, or if you can get it recreationally, but you're trying to, you're, you're actually wanting to use it for a specific condition. It's hard mm -hmm. to get um, good medical advice in terms of proper dosing and, and, you know, just where to start really. Um, mm -hmm. It seems like, you know, there's a lot of doctors who are really interested in it and who really want to learn more about it and educate themselves uh, more about cannabis and how the endocannabinoid system works. Um, but it's, it's kind of, we're, we're still a, a far, a far way out from, from that being prominent in, in the healthcare world is how I feel. And I like, again, this medical program that you guys have um, at the Pacific college is, is just amazing. I, I really hope this just kind of snowballs and more people just get interested and we have more people going to it because it's, it's, you know, it's how we can educate our, our healthcare professionals and in turn educate consumers. And um, we want people con consuming clean cannabis and having good experiences and, and having good outcomes. And um, I, I just think it's great. And so uh, you also co-authored a book, um, which I want to ask you about. The name of your book is uh, Pain-Free with CBD, Everything You Need to Know Safe and effectively uh, to know uh, everything you need to know to safely and effectively use cannabidiol. Um, so oh, you probably cool. came, a, yeah, you probably came a lot of, uh, across a lot of research doing that. Tell me a little bit about this book. What inspired you to write it and what can CBD users uh, gain from reading it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, so I co-authored a chapter um, and helped with some of the medical review of it. Alice O'Leary Randall is the main author of the book. And, um, you know, she has been uh, coined the mother of marijuana, the uh, mother of medical marijuana. So she's someone definitely worth looking up and researching. Um, and, you know, we, we work together on the conditions, specific conditions around CBD and what CBD can help with. And then we did... Um, a drug to drug interaction um, component of it. Because again, I think, you know, what we found in our research was that, you know, a lot of the studies are animals studies. Um, so dosing again is really hard to, to pinpoint because we don't have those large human double blind placebo gold standard studies. Um, you know, there was definitely themes around, you know, CBD can help a lot with neurodegenerative diseases, pain, uh, a lot of mental health conditions. And the drug to drug interaction thing was really to try to help empower the consumer, the healthcare consumer to work with their clinician who may not be educated um, to say, look, you know, there is some research to demonstrate that if I'm taking CBD with this drug, I need to be more closely monitored. So trying to empower the patients to, you know, they have been leading the change, I think, around these conversations and to help continue to help them lead the change. Um, you know, I want to touch a little bit on, you know, the, the part about, you know, physicians and legalization. And I, um, I think that, you know, we hope to see legalization in a couple of years, right? And I think we actually have like 17 states now that have adult recreational use. 
the train has clearly left the station. <laughs> you know, we are moving yeah. towards, you know, <laughs> like all these states. And, and of course, it's 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 all over the place in terms of qualifying conditions and regulations and all that stuff. Yeah. However, you know, we, I don't know how much we'll be able to get physicians involved if it's never FDA approved, right? Do you think they'll actually prescribe um, something that doesn't have FDA approval? And I, and I think for me, that's, that's the bigger question right now. Um, so, you know, and this isn't that I don't think physicians don't have a place, but I think that nurses, you know, our boots on the ground, we have these relationships with patients that most people don't, you know, we're, we're with them more, they disclose stuff to us, but they don't disclose to other people. We're the most trusted profession 19 years in a row. Um, so I really see nurses um, influencing the industry and, and, and um, developing, you know, policies and protocols that really will help um, protect the patient, the healthcare consumer to, to use it safely and effectively. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love that you bring that up because nurses are angels. <laughs> Every nurse that I've met is an angel. I've never met, I've never met one that I didn't, you know, appreciate having them around me uh, for whatever reason I needed them to be around me. Um, and that, that rings true just as much in the cannabis space. Um, so I was thrilled to hear about the American Cannabis Nurses Association or ACNA for short um, from our medical advisor, uh, Cindy, she told me about it a few months back and I had, I never heard of it before. Um, and I, I want to learn more about this progressive organization. And since you are the current president, um, there's mm -hmm. probably no one better, you know, who can educate <laughs> me on it. Um, can you give me, can you give me a brief history of the organization, um, what the current role uh, that the associate, the association plays in the cannabis industry today? And what is your vision for it? Yeah, world domination is my vision. Yeah, um, through nurses. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah, so we're um, in our eleventh year. It was founded in 2010 with Julia Glick and Mary Lynn Mathry, and uh, it was started as a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, and in the last eleven years, we have evolved and grown. We now have um, over 1,400 members in all 50 states. Um, so we're represented um, in every state, which is really exciting. And we're building a lot of momentum because nurses are hearing about cannabis through their patients. So they know, again, that their patients are using it and they want to get educated. And that's really our goal is to help with education and advocacy and diversity and inclusion, um, research, policy development. Those are a lot of our goals. And um, when I came on in 2019, um, we were able to start funding some of these things. So we've really um, grown not only in terms of our membership, but also um, the things that we're trying to focus on. We had our first conference in 2019 in New Orleans, um, which many of us were a little bit nervous about going to bringing a cannabis conference yeah. to Louisiana. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, awesome. We had over 250 attendees at our first conference, which I thought was remarkable. Um, and the community and the networking that we experienced there was also quite overwhelming because, again, we're very passionate. We're all here for um, a very specific reason. And um, we've just, you know, of course, of course COVID happened. And, and we worked um, a lot on continuing to build the foundation of our organization, you know, getting things in place like, um, webinars quarterly for our members to keep them up to date on the science. 
um, working on a policy and government affairs committee so we can provide a toolkit to our members who like, you know, may say, well, I'm, I'm passionate about it, but I kind of don't know what to do. You know, here's how you go to your local officials. Here's how you can advocate locally. Here's how you can advocate at the federal level. You know, keeping them informed, I think, is incredibly important. Um, and trying to build these strategic relationships with both the cannabis um, industry and the healthcare industry. So working with like the American Nurses Association, for example, um, our biggest goal and that we would like to accomplish in the next couple of years is credentialing. We would like nurses to be able to take an exam that certifies them as cannabis nurses so that they can then be um, recognized in their facilities as a cannabis nurse. That's amazing. I'm, I'm so excited for this organization and the future of it. And it seems like it's growing, you know, kind of exponentially and the future seems really bright for it. And I, I think it's amazing. I'm so excited. I just learned of the uh, Cannabis Care Conference, I believe it's called, that's happening in October mm -hmm. in New mm -hmm. Mexico. Um, so we are hopefully going to be able to um, attend that. And so we're really oh, looking super. forward to that. Yeah, we're really excited about that. So I, I think the ACNA is an amazing organization. Um, if you are a nurse and you're interested in cannabis and, and the, you know, cannabis medicine, go ahead and check out the American um, Cannabis Nurses Association. It's going to be a great research uh, resource and uh, organization for you. Um, so the ACNA, the can medical cannabis program at the Pacific College of Health and Science, there's a lot of really progressive um, action that is being taken. It seems like in your ball field, which I love it. Um, I want to know what else besides those, what, what else do you see for the, the future of cannabinoid medicine? Well, um, I'm always thinking about nurses. And one of the things that um, I recently started doing that I haven't updated on my bio is working with a nonprofit nursing organization called LEAF 411 um, based out of Colorado. And it's a free cannabis nurse hotline. So consumers can call and talk to a registered nurse who's knowledgeable in cannabis. And again, have that, you know, ability to be informed and educated and, you know, make smart choices around using it safely and effectively. We're really trying to bring a model of collecting this data from consumers so that we can um, have information that's based on, um, on science and not stigma and fear. So a good example would be you know, preventing some of these consumers from an emergency room visit, right? Because they got a product, they didn't know how to use it, they overconsumed. Um, you know, really, really trying to be intimately involved in the patient's experience so that we can start informing the medical community and the cannabis community around, here's what we're seeing. Um, here's the direction we need to go in. Because I think with the federal illegal status and the stigma, you know, it, it, it's hard sometimes to really know how to navigate this and, and what direction to go in. But I think the more information and data that we collect and the more that we're working directly with the healthcare consumer, um, the better informed we can be together, all of it. You know, I just want to see us all come together. Right. So really working on the, the, some really, you know, crucial foundational steps for, mm -hmm. for medical cannabis, it seems like, and, and just, you know, for cannabis medicine in general. Um, I, I think that's great. I, I love what you're doing. I'm, I'm so excited that you were able to join me today. I, I want to thank you, Eloise, for being on the show today. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you mm -hmm. so much for being here. Thank you, Gabby. I really appreciate it. And I love that you guys have a great model as well, where you have uh, medical advisors, 
you know, you're really bringing that to your product is so important. So thank you. I appreciate Aww, that. Thank you. Yeah, we have to set the standard. So that's what mm-hmm. that's what we're going for. And, and I appreciate you doing the same. I'm really looking forward to everything that the ACNA and um, all of, you know, all of the work that you're doing, uh, what it will, what kind of fruit, you know, we're going to harvest from all of this um, effort mm-hmm. put in. I think it's great. We're going in the right direction. So thank I you agree. for being here. I'd love, uh, I'd love for you to come back on the show. So we'll have to have you back on sometime um, to discuss more about the ACNA and um, just, you know, the, the news and research coming out about uh, cannabinoid medicine. That would be wonderful. So thank you for being here. I also want to thank our producers as well as Divine Element CBD for making this show possible. Join us again next week for another episode of Hempfire. Thanks for listening. And until then, stay well, keep learning, and we'll talk to you all soon. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.